how do people actually accomplish wildly unrealistic goals, especially when you have reality standing in your way? Reality like a full-time job or obligations like kids that like to eat or saving for their college or the simple fact that you only have so much energy in a single day before you pass out. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. This is episode two of a three-part series on how to make wildly unrealistic career changes and accomplish wildly unrealistic goals. By the way, if you haven't already listened to episode one, you should definitely go back and do that because I think you'll love it. One of the things that we've learned is that most people don't realize the opportunity that they're missing here. Just think about it. What is not happening in your life right now because you think it's unrealistic. Now, what if that was different? What if you could open up the path to a new career and new life that you previously thought was not possible for yourself? I am officially the chief communications officer with winetraveler.com. I honestly did not think it was possible even six months ago. (laughs) We want you to go after and choose what you really want instead of choosing what's available to you. So how do we help people think much bigger and how do we prevent people from accidentally settling in their own careers and their lives without even realizing it? So what's stopping us then? Well, (laughs) reality. We all have our current reality. And this might come from obligations, parents, kids, work. Serving on that board that you agreed to back before you realized how much time it was going to take. Yes, it's for a good cause, but maybe you didn't actually think it would be an additional 20 hours a month. Whatever your reality is, all of us have it. The question becomes, how do you accomplish career and life goals that you consider to be important or uh, wildly unrealistic when reality is always pressing on us? When you set out to achieve What most people would consider wildly unrealistic goals, you can always assume the path you follow will be the one less taken. This is, of course, also true with wildly unrealistic career changes. Okay, so most people in the world apply online with resumes, and those same people that get jobs through traditional means that everybody else is doing out there are many of the same people that are not truly ecstatic or truly enamored with their work. And in fact, according to a Gallup organization, it's only about 13% of the population that are truly engaged, that are truly satisfied with what they get to do for a living every single day. And there's other studies that correlate that too, that are somewhat somewhat close to the, the same same numbers and same statistics. We see that there's a correlation with the thousands of people that we've worked with that are getting roles with organizations that they are, in fact, excited about, that feel more purposeful, are more fulfilling, and that they're more happy with. Also, by the way, it's not just in how they're getting these jobs. 
It's that these jobs aren't just any jobs. Many of these job offers are actually getting modified during the job offer process. And sometimes these roles are being created for them. So how is this possible? Meet Mike Bigelow. And if Mike's voice sounds familiar, it's because you may have heard him back on episode 174. And if you listened to his episode already, then you know that Mike was moving from Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington. Why? Well, because he wanted to stay married to his wife. And her job was taking her to Seattle. And Mike was looking at this move not just as a job move, but instead as an opportunity to transition to leadership and make a huge jump in income at the same time while doing even more of what he wanted to do for work. I really do feel like I was moving my career and my experience to it where I would be able to transition from leading projects to potentially leading teams of technical people. And that has sort of been where I wanted to be for a long time because it's been one of the most rewarding things I've ever gotten to do. Back in college, I had a small team of folks I got to work with and they said, sure, Mike, you can be team leader for this year-long project. We were working on fuel cells and I absolutely loved that. And I knew that's where I wanted my career to take the path to, to grow along. Mike is being super humble here about what he did and what his realities were. So let me break it down for you. He was changing cities with a busy schedule. He didn't want just any well-paying job. Nope. He wanted a role that was a huge step up in leadership responsibilities at a company that he was excited about that had an environment that matched up with his values. And he wanted to do it all in less than four months with a baby on the way. Yeah, I know. Not a small task. And this meant that Mike couldn't mess around with silly job search tactics because what he really wanted was a custom-created job just for him. Now, most people would call this, dare I say, wildly unrealistic. And I knew that, you know, to get to a position of leadership, you kind of had to know all the things leading up to that. So that's kind of where I was when I was thinking about, okay, when I make this transition to Seattle, is this a possibility at this point? I think it is. How am I going to make that happen? Okay. So here's, here's what we didn't tell you when he was on the podcast the first time in episode 174, we didn't tell you specifically how he did it with all of his obligations and realities. First, we had to get Mike incredibly clear on what he wanted. After all, How were we going to go looking for companies that had what Mike wanted if he didn't know what it was? Next, we had to pick out those companies that we suspected would be a great fit for Mike based on what he wanted the most in his life and work. After that, Mike reached out to people he knew or acquaintances that had connection to those companies and got introductions. Remember, Mike didn't live in the same city, so most of this was taking place by phone, email, or LinkedIn messages. For the ones he didn't have a connection to, he reached out cold, and he let them know that he was really interested in what they did as a company, and that he would be in town in a few weeks, and he would love to schedule some time with them to learn even more about what they did and what their current challenges were. By the way, most of them said yes. (laughs) Remember, Mike didn't have a lot of time here, too. So he actually worked with his career coach here at HTYC to schedule as many of these meetings as possible in one trip to Seattle. Next, 
He went and he had those conversations while trying to learn as much as he could about what they were working on, what their priorities were, what was valuable to them, what their frustrations were. And this gave him valuable info about whether or not he was really interested in working with each particular company or not. But he ended up taking this a step further. (laughs) From everything that he learned, he ended up doing a small project for each company that he met with. For example, one set of people he met with was really interested in investigating a new set of technology and best practices for their industry, but hadn't had time to do that research. So Mike went ahead and did it. He did the research for them, and about a week after their meeting, he sent them a nice little PDF with all the info that they badly needed. And it was neatly put into place and easily readable and just exactly what they needed. And so it's one of those things that it is scary and it does make you feel a little vulnerable to go outside of that standard script that we think that folks want to kind of talk about. I am where I am because of a lot of hard work. By the way, we call this technique the amped up follow-up. I'm using air quotes here, which you may have heard if you listened to episode 261 on designing career experiments. But as you can imagine, This impressed the people that Mike had met with. It also built the relationship and trust that they'd already started with them and opened the door to further conversation with the organizations that he was most excited about. Right about four months in, he had multiple job offers, which we then helped him negotiate for substantially more money than what he had been making previously. But more importantly than that, They actually changed the role for him during the negotiation to fit even better with what he really actually wanted. Can you say custom job offer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mike's story is super interesting. And although it's compelling, it's not the only way that you can make a transition like this. It's fact, it's just one of many different ways. The important part here is that every single person behind the scenes, how how this stuff actually works, behind the scenes for people that want to make these big transitions to work, that they're not just gonna accept anything, they're not just looking for jobs, they're looking for work that aligns with their life and is much more fulfilling for them. And that means they can't just accept anything and they can't go about it in just any way. However, there are lots of different ways. Here's another story. And so I had, you know, a college degree, master's degree, a few years in the work world and engineering consulting. And the whole time never really felt like it was a good fit for me. That's Laura Morrison. And so, you know, my first career pivot was actually into sustainability consulting. Um, After a few years working, I went back to grad school with the goal of pivoting. And I landed myself at a really great company that I was at for eight and a half years. In that eight and a half years, I had four different roles and the new challenges in the new role were exciting. But the, the length of excitement I had from just learning something new kept getting shorter and shorter. Um, So I think that's one thing that changed. And then by the end, I didn't actually feel like I was learning that much anymore. And for me, if I'm not learning, I'm not engaged. Okay, so when we got to work with Laura, she did a phenomenal job making the transition. And 
she got a job offer that lined so closely with what she actually wanted. I'm starting a new role in product management. And what I'm really excited about that is, you know, someone like myself who wasn't engaged as an employee means I understand that pain. And so what I'm going to be doing now is actually helping people and companies inspire their employees through different tools and understanding more about the people. And that's really exciting for me. And it took a bunch of hard work to be able to make that happen. It wasn't easy, right? And you heard a little bit about how we worked with her to do that. However, here's the thing that we didn't mention. Laura waited three years before she started moving down this path. That's 36 months in a role already knowing that she no longer wanted to be there. So why did she wait so long? We've seen this phenomenon again and again, and you have a good situation and you can't see how you could find something better, or maybe you don't know what something better would be. So you stay in your current situation and never even start. You live in toleration. Now, this is what ensures that you stay where you're at. We as human beings were unwilling to put in effort where we can't see a path. And ironically, by being unwilling to put in the effort to find a path, we actually erase the path. Wait, what? Hold on, let me say that again. This means the path doesn't actually show up until you put on all your jungle safari gear, suit up, and plan to go spend a while looking for it. Or you become willing to make your own path if you don't find one. But that's counterintuitive, and it's not the way that it feels when you're in that situation. It feels completely the opposite. So for three years, Laura allowed her perception about her reality and the fears she had about it dictate her life completely. And the funny thing here was that her reality didn't ever actually get any easier. (laughs) All those things and obligations that made up her reality, well, it only got harder. During that three years, in fact, she had a baby and now had additional obligations at the point in time where we got to meet her and begin to help her. I also think, you know, in the process, I had my daughter and I took a lot of time off and thought, well, you know, maybe I want to be a stay at home mom. And I quickly realized that kudos to everyone who does, but it's not for me. I need a lot more adult conversation, a lot more intellectual stimulation from from my work. But I didn't know what work I wanted to do. But once she decided it was important to her to do life and work that actually mattered to her, and we got to start working with her, she made the time. She found it. Not because she had less obligations or magically found more time. No way. That wasn't it. But that's exactly what we cover in episode three, the very next episode of this three-part series, we're going to dig deeply into how do you strategically focus on prioritizing time where you may not have had it before. And if you're going to spend all this time starting down this path to create a career in a life that you're enamored with, well, how do you make sure that you're focused on what actually works instead of spinning your wheels? In the very next episode We'll show you how we've worked with our students behind the scenes in Career Change Bootcamp to find that time. And uh, it's not magic, but it does work very, very well. And also we'll show you a few of the hacks and techniques and pieces that we use to help them not just create more of that time for themselves, for what's important, but some of the ways that we help them focus on what works the very most. We'll see you next time on this three-part special series of the Happen to Your Career podcast for diving into how 
we actually help people accomplish wildly unrealistic goals. Adios. I am out.